Welcome into the latest edition of the Coach Bill Tierney Show from your hometown Toyota store studios on ESPN Denver 1600, presented by Johnson Financial Group as we talk a little Denver Pioneers lacrosse here on the flagship home of the Pioneers. My name is Tyler Mon, joined by the head coach of the Denver Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as Denver comes off of another victory uh, on the road this past weekend, a 19-11 to win over the Providence Friars after kind of an unforeseen off week due to a, a postponement with Villanova on March 21st and uh coach your guys able to, to keep things rolling and come away with another win how you doing how's the week I feel like it's been a year since we talked it's like two weeks I know every time we talk COVID pops their ugly head so let's uh, make sure it doesn't happen this week um or a snowstorm <laughs> or you know whatever uh but no it's good to be back and uh you know we're doing great and um you know it felt long that that in between games felt really long and you can see it, especially early in the game, the, the effect it has on you. But credit to the kids for staying with some ugliness early in the game and then playing a really good second quarter, which put us out ahead. The unforeseen nature of that week off against Villanova, um, you know, due to things that are kind of out of your control as far as tests on their side and, and you're prepping for an opponent, and then all of a sudden you get a, a chance to, to rest bodies, which this time of year is, is always good. But like you said, you kind of have that feeling where it's like, man, when was the last time we played this game? How do you, when you're getting a team ready um, to play a specific opponent, then all of a sudden you kind of have to flush that and move on to getting ready for somebody else. And granted, it's a, a team that you're obviously familiar with having just seen uh, in Providence. But what was that turnaround like going from when you figured out you weren't going to be playing Villanova but to then, all right, let's get ready to see Providence again. Well, it, it, it could have been really hard because Villanova plays such a unique style and they play different than everybody else in the country offensively. So, uh, you know, we were starting into that. Um, I'm thankful to the, the, the Villanova administration and everybody. They called us early in, enough in the week. I believe it was Tuesday they called us to have a call on Wednesday and Wednesday we canceled. So... With that in mind, we were able to kind of regroup uh, and, and you know, do some things that helped us get better individually, uh, get some work in with our young guys who once the season have started now that a lot of guys haven't been traveling with us very much. And, and so you lose those kids for three or four days, you know, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, especially on your away game. So it allowed us to, to really regroup we had a, a really good, uh, that Saturday, we had a really good inter-squad scrimmage and, and it was 16-15 and guys were going after each other. It was, it was uh, you know, uh, just a battle all the way through. And, and I think it really helped our, um, our emotional well-being. Everybody was excited after it. And from number one to number 68, and, uh, you know, I think it was, it was good. On the other hand, even though we got to got through that Monday through last Thursday was tedious. It was long and, you know, it was constant battling. Oh, not over not being excited about playing, but constantly battling uh, the perceptions that you were playing somebody that you beat handedly the last time. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a battle. Uh, we knew it was going to be a challenge. I know that Providence is, such a well-coached team, and and we had a we had to fight through a lot of adversity. We had some COVID scare on Wednesday, and then uh, that didn't turn out, didn't come to fruition, um, which made it even more crazy because those guys didn't practice on Thursday. So we actually had uh, you know 
six or seven of our top 10 players not practice Thursday or Friday and expected them to go against a good Providence team at what was our time, nine o'clock in the morning on Saturday, waking them up at five. So all, and not ex making excuses because our guys handle that stuff regularly, but more of an understanding on, uh, you know, on, on maybe why we didn't get off to a great start. Well, let's talk about this matchup and let's talk about uh, the, the biggest storyline of the last couple of weeks for you guys, which you and I haven't even uh, gotten a chance to discuss at all yet. But um, you've had the, the privilege in your career of coaching some of the, the greatest faceoff men in the history of this sport. And obviously Pioneers fans and, and Trevor Baptiste and the, the love affair that, uh, that this DU fan base had with Trev over his four years uh, in Denver. Now you get another one and a guy who, uh, you know, in the, in the NCAA tournament a few years ago, went toe to toe with Trev in a matchup. Uh, when he was with Albany and now TD Erlen is on your roster and uh, he and Alex Dathagus the other day, you rotate them every couple of face-offs, both guys, brilliant TD gets some national team of the week recognition today from the USILA, but to have him as part of this group. Now, this is something that you and I haven't talked about. I know you've talked about it a lot with the national media. Um, what has it been like? He would have been eligible to play in the Villanova game. Obviously, that gets pushed back, which I would think was probably a benefit somewhat for him uh, being able to get a full week of practice under his belt and all of it. Um, but tell me about getting him out there for the first week uh, with your guys as a group and uh, and being able to mix Alec in with them as well. Well, you, you mentioned the two most important words in this whole thing is Alex Staticus. Um, He has been phenomenal. He welcomes TD with open arms. He just wants to get better. He wants our team to win. And he battles. I'll tell you, there, there wasn't anything close to the on Saturday. And no disparaging anybody that we faced off against. Um, there was no, no battles that compared to the battles that that staff and TD went through a week ago Saturday in the Interscard game. You would have thought it was an NCAA tournament game. Um, and so, you know, you got TD coming back with, he hasn't played in over a year. You got Staff, as, who's a wonderful kid, who's saying, hey, here I, I'm here too, you know? And, and it was so much fun to watch. And, uh, and by the way, you got a young man in Brett Booth who was the, uh, the Big East freshman of the year two years ago. So this, this is, uh, it's, it's um, in some cases, uh, I, I won't use the word embarrassment of riches, but, but certainly is one that, that uh, um, I'm happy to uh, happy to say he's on my side. This has changed the dynamic of rosters across the country so much this year with players who have transferred because of the pandemic and the Ivy League's decision and all that. Um, you guys, you know, I think that term uh, is something that a lot of people outside of uh, the Denver program would probably utilize to, to describe your team right now. It is sort of an embarrassment of riches. And I know, um, you know, talking about uh, some of the other guys who have joined the squad, um, you know, Jackson Morrill comes to mind uh, where you talked about how he, when he got in, I know Lucas Kotler was kind of this way too. They just want to be able to, fit into what you're doing as a program, contribute what they're able to, but it's not about them. They want to be pioneers rather than having the pioneers uh, tune things to be, um, you know, utilized around them. Um, for TD, it's it's different in a sense where the face-off position is so highly individualized, um, but getting him in and getting him to work, um, how did that change the dynamic for you guys in offense? You went 27 to 33 face-off against Providence. Um, what kind of confidence did that generate for the rest of the group, knowing that, you know, in a sense, it was kind of make it, take it between him and, and Alec being out there. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And, you know, a lot of sports, 
uh, lacrosse being a, a premier of all this is is, are, is a sport of runs. You know, you, you can get down six to one and be tied six six in a matter of minutes if if the faceoff things go your way. Um, what you know, what I think of as a defensive coach is, is you know, let let Coach Brown and Coach Adamson you know take advantage of the runs that that Stath and, and TD gave us. But for John Gallant and myself, it gives you that just that little bit of comfort that it's going to be hard for them to go on a run. Now, they might get one, they might get two, but, you know, they're not going to win a lot of face-offs in a row and get fast breaks. And, and, uh, and I think that that's, that's, for me, the most important thing is, is stopping runs. Um, we'll get ours, but uh, stopping runs and, and, you know, you got two young men that are uh, actually very different. Their style is very different. But, um, you know, uh, and we haven't, we've only been through one game, so we haven't faced adversity in that face-off position yet, but we will. And, and there'll they'll come a time where, um, you know, they and Brett will talk to each other and say, hey, you know, wh what should we do against this guy? What can we do against this guy? Or, you know, was he lucky on that one? But the bottom line is not only is it each one of those guys <clears throat> You know, winning faceoffs, it's the combination of those three guys being able to stop the other team from going on runs. Last thing on the faceoff uh, position, and then we'll um, break down this this Providence game and look ahead uh, to Marquette coming up. But for your guys, uh, for Alec and Brett especially, um, knowing that you've got somebody like TD in now that they can learn from uh, and apply for the next few years of their careers. What's the coolest thing about that for you as a head coach, understanding, you know, when those conversations are going on away from, you know, if you're talking with the defense or, or Brownie's talking with the offense, whatever it is, what are you excited for them to have an opportunity to learn from TD and for TD in exchange to kind of learn from them about, you know, what it's like being in, in this conference on a regular basis, what it's like being a member of this program. That's gotta be a really cool mix to watch. No, it, it's amazing to watch. And, and I've always said, and every year I've been here, we've been, we've been pretty good facing off, you know, going back to Chase Guerrero and some of those guys. And, uh, but what, what I've marveled at, what I've marveled at is that, you know, these face-off guys, they, they're, they're like a cult, you know, they have their own language. They talk, they say things that you have no idea what they're talking about. They all <laughs> nod at each other. Um, they have, they're all cheaters. You know, they all have, they all have their tricks and, and, uh, and they're hyper aware of what the other guy is trying to do. Even, even with their opponents, there's this respect that, that these guys have for each other that just blows me away. You don't see this with attackmen and defensemen. You know, you see this with these guys. It's, it's like, uh, you know, they all came, came out of this, this one room and they happen to put on different uniforms. And, and so, there's been so it's been so much fun to watch. Um, and I think the, the unique part of our sport is that you can use all of them. You, you know, it's not like a, a you're not going to you're not going to switch in two or three field goal kickers in, in a game. You know, it's uh, you can use all of them. And if need be, um, <clears throat> because I know how much you love baseball, if need be, we can situationally, you know, put a relief pitcher in for one or two. And, and, you know, get that batter out and then come back with our regular, you know. And so 
there's there's a lot going on there, a lot more than you might think. Uh, but we, you know, Coach Brown and I, we, we kind of chuckle at the whole thing in that um, it's a different world out there. And we, we're just riding along as a part of it. Well, it's a fun group. And uh, I'm really excited to finally get a chance to see them all together as the Pioneers return home this weekend to take on the Marquette Golden Eagles. We'll talk about that one. We'll talk a little bit more about this Providence victory and where the Pioneers right now as we uh, hit the kind of midway point of this season here in 2021. It's the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group from the Hometown Toyota Store Studios back in a minute on ESPN Denver 1600. Planning your financial future can be overwhelming and confusing. So let the experts at Johnson Financial Group help guide you to your financial goals. The team at Johnson Financial Group believes in increasing transparency, lowering fees, and striving to achieve better outcomes so you can have a peace of mind when it comes to all of your investing needs. Contact Johnson Financial Group at jfgwealth.net to get started on planning your future. Hello, you've reached Toyota. This is Jan. How can I help? Hi, Jan. Is now a good time to save on a new Toyota? It sure is. With great deals now through March 31st, you can ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Right now, get $1,500 cash back on a new Highlander. Visit Toyota.com for other great deals. Toyota, let's go places. Cash back from Toyota Motor Sales USA Inc. varies by region. See dealer for details. All friends, March 31st, 2021. Your front-range Toyota stores are proud to be the exclusive automotive partners of DU Athletics. Back inside the hometown Toyota store studios on ESPN Denver 1600. It is the Coach Bill Tierney Show presented by Johnson Financial Group as we're talking Denver Pioneers men's lacrosse. My name is Tyler Ron with the head coach of the Pioneers, Bill Tierney. As DU returns home, Pioneers now riding six straight victories and uh, seven and two to start this year. Now five and oh in Big East Conference play. And Coach, we talked a little bit about the Providence game, but your overall impressions uh, coming out of that one and coming home, you're up 4-1 after the first quarter. I know kind of a slow start, and you talk about, you know, what's really a very early start time uh, when you're a team traveling from the, the mountain time zone out to the to the East Coast. And uh, then all of a sudden, the second quarter, things really come together. You get eight goals in the second quarter. Uh, you end up with a 19-11 to victory. And for Providence, five of those goals came in the fourth. Um, your, your biggest takeaways from this game were what? Well, it, you know, it, it's it's kind of like what people say, uh, you know, good teams win when they're playing ugly. Uh, the first quarter, it wasn't due to a lack of a lack of effort. You know, as as you know, as we talked about the first time we played Providence, Toby Bergdorf, who's Christian Bergdorf, argue, arguably our best defenseman we ever had here. Toby is Christian's younger brother, and then last game when we played him here. We just kind of got to him early. He didn't have a great day. Well, the same two shots almost that we scored on in our game here, he stuffed us on on Saturday. And so all of a sudden he was feeling he had more he had more saves in our first possession on Saturday than he had in the whole game the time before that. So now we all know when the goalie gets hot, you got to work harder. You got to you can't just take a haphazard shot. But what I was most proud of is our two of our first three goals were ugly goals. You know, we he Toby made a save, the ball went on the ground. We we fought for it, we pick it up, Ethan gets it, and he throws throws it in on a one-on-one. You know, and we had a couple of those ugly goals that sometimes you gotta get. You know, if people watch Denver lacrosse, you know, they have a you know a little bit of knowledge of the game, what they'll say a lot of times is it's it's beautiful lacrosse when the ball is moving and people are popping and coach Brown's offense. 
is going and the guys are dodging hard and we're shooting well. It's really, really nice to watch. Well, this wasn't very nice to watch, but we got up four to two. So with that in mind, when you when you feel like you're not playing well, they always say good teams win when they're not playing well. And, and you know, um, to get that and then, um, then to have that second quarter, you know, you felt like, well, we we found another way to win. And, uh, and that, so that's a good thing. As you go down the stretch, you, you've got to, you got to win in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have to face some adversity along the way. Well, and that's a, a good way to segue into our, our next uh, topic, the next opponent for this Pioneers team um, with Marquette coming to town, a 12 o'clock faceoff coming up on Saturday. Before I ask you about Marquette, though, I want to ask you about a, a stat that, that Nico Blankenship, our, our terrific sports information director, dug up, uh, which is since the start of the 2019 season, the Pioneers have hit 77 pipes and your opponents have hit 27 how does how do you explain that? Is that just a, a frustrating kind of luck of of weirdness when it comes to shots? I know one time we, you know we kind of talked about you want your guys to shoot it with the assertiveness of scoring. Don't try to pick a pocket. Don't try to hit a corner. Just shoot and be confident that it's going to go in. Seventy seven twenty seven is like insane. What has that felt like for the last couple of years watching that? There's there's so many ways to explain it, and probably none of them are correct. You know. Um, Number one, I think I think we have guys, uh, especially a guy like Jack Hanna and Ethan Walker. They're such they're such fine shooters that they do shoot up and down the pipes, as Coach Brown talks about. And sometimes it goes in, and sometimes it doesn't. But I think um, you know, you look at that, you look at good goalies, you look at these guys uh, that make it hard on you to score. The defenses make you rush your shots, uh, but you know, just so everybody's comforted here is. We do the same thing in practice. You know, uh, it's it's sometimes in practice, I'll get so frustrated with hitting pipes or just missing the goal. We'll put little box goals in the big goal and we'll give we'll give the team who's shooting that way more points if they hit the box goal. Now, they're looking at it as points. I'm looking at it as showing them that when you aim for the little goal, you probably miss by a little bit, and it's, but it still goes in the big goal. And that's what we're looking for. You don't have to shoot it so fine. If you shoot it hard, like some of these guys, if you shoot it off a pass, like a lot of our offense, if you, if you practice your skills and, and you can get this muscle memory down, you know, you, you're going you're gonna to put it in the goal. The best part about it all, and I think if you look at our stats, is we have more shots than other teams. And so this year we're averaging 50 shots a game. That's something like 350 shots. I'm sorry, uh, you know, 450 shots overall or something like that, you're just going to hit more pipes. It's just the way it is. And that's the that's the good explanation for it. It's not, uh, you know, you hit 77 pipes out of 100 shots on goal. So that's, uh, that gives you a little bit. like we, uh, we don't change the goal with bigger pipes depending on what direction we're going. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that, but uh, we don't do that. Well, coach, let's talk about this, uh, this Marquette team coming into town. Um, the, the first matchup they had with Marquette, I think you're still in that stage of trying to figure out 
Okay, who are we right now? Um, you open the campaign, you get the win over Utah, one goal victory at home, go on the road for that tough road trip through Duke and North Carolina, come back an impressive win over Air Force, but then you open up conference play and it's, okay, we're two and two, Marquette, you know, first game. Um, you don't really know what you're going to see from the Golden Eagles because you didn't see him last year, you hadn't seen him since 2019. And that was a tough game. I mean, that was a hard fought game. Marquette has since started this season just one and five overall, but I don't feel like you ever look at Marquette and think, okay, well, they're down. Maybe we'll have a little bit easier time. They play so hard. They play a difficult style. Um, what have you seen from them now that you've gotten to evaluate a little bit of what they've done over the course of, you know, now six games in? Um, how has their road been since that first game when you saw them uh, to what you'll see this weekend? Yeah, well, that, you know, what we're trying to avoid is what happened in the first game. And what happened early in our year is this, uh, is trying to limit the, periods of time where the game is up and down. You know, you're gonna, if you can keep it more consistent throughout, um, you're gonna be a better team. For instance, in that game, we were up six to one and we were playing indoors in their, in their bubble. It's a great facility and thank God it was because it's like 20 degrees outside. But um, these kids and their coaches, they're not gonna give up. You cannot, you cannot let your, take your foot off the pedal against Marquette. They've never done that. They will always have tough kids and, and they will always play for 60 minutes or more. And we've, we've experienced that. Um, so going up six to one, even though we didn't feel like we were playing great, we felt good that we had it somewhat in control. And then in this last couple of minutes of the first half, they get a couple six, three, oh, it should have been six, one, we're okay. Bang! It's six to four. And now you go up again, and you're you're uh, you know you're ten to five or ten to six, and they're chipping away. And um, you know they get the last three or four goals. And so this ebb and flow of not just the game, but the, of the emotion of the of the, the scoring, as we talked about earlier, these these runs that happen in lacrosse. So they are they're a good team. They are. Um, uh, very well coached, very, very uh, unlucky. I, I hate to use that word, but in a couple of their losses early. Um, and, and so, you know, they, they were the first team to score, really score on Georgetown. Georgetown, when they played Marquette, had given up a total of four goals in three yeah. games. And then all of a sudden it's, it's 12 to 12 or something like that. And then Mar Georgetown goes on a run in the fourth quarter and, and gets away from them a bit. But so, what we know about Marquette is what we always know about Marquette is that it's going to be a battle. And, and we know that, and they play great defense. They've got three really good kids in the goal that they've rotated. So you never know who they're going to play. And they're big guys. They play good defense and offensively, they just go at you and they go, they, they try to score early and they, uh, and they're, they're, they're a team, they're a formidable team that we're going to have to make sure that we, don't go up and down uh, in this game, that we keep the keep it steady. They're going to get theirs, but as long as we keep the game steady, we should get ours as well. Coach, final couple of points for you before we wrap this thing up. Um, your guys over the last uh, handful of games, you know, four out of your last six, you've limited opponents to single-digit goals. 
uh, three out of your last four, you've scored 19 or more on the offensive side. Right now, do you feel like you are a team that has its its offensive success feeding its defense or the, the way your defense is played being so locked down? Is that feeding your offense or is it all of it? I mean, it just seems like it's been a very good kind of symbiotic exchange of energy on those two sides. Yeah, I, I'd say, um, I'd, and, and look, this isn't, this isn't any uh, great revelation to anybody. Our best game by far was the Georgetown game, especially at the defensive end. And so, um, you know, how do we get that kind of effort out of the defense each and every game? We, we've got we've to continue to work on that. Now, the other day, as you mentioned, there was a lot of goals scored against us in the fourth quarter. We did a lot of substituting and all that. But still, you know, it's still our defense. It's still our players. We've still got to still our goalies, we still got to play, play well there, but it's been, it's been the offense. There's no doubt about it. You can get 50 shots a game and, and pretty much good shots. Um, that's going to carry you. But as we said to the defense yesterday in, in practice is you're going to have other in quotes, Georgetown games where we're going to have to buckle this thing down and we're going to have to be tough and we're going to have to be tight. And uh, thankfully Jack has given us a great, great nine games in the goal he's at over 55 percent and uh you know when everything breaks down you need, you need a good goalie and we got that as well so uh, i'd say right now it's 70 30 and uh but if you're going to have the have the ball 70 percent of the time it should be 70 30 so we'll, we'll see what happens but we got to continue to be more consistent on defense well, hopefully another fun one coming up this weekend as the Pioneers welcome in the Marquette Golden Eagles for a 12 o'clock faceoff on Saturday, 1130 Pioneer pregame on FM Sports Radio 104.3. The fan that game will also be on Altitude TV with Brad Thompson and Eric Law. He's the head coach of the Denver Pioneers, Bill Tierney, as we wrap up this week's edition from the hometown Toyota Store Studios and presented by Johnson Financial Group. Coach, thanks. We'll see you out there this weekend. Hey, Tyler. Thank you. Talk to you on Saturday for Pioneer pregame at 1130 Denver and Marquette on 104.3 The Fan.